the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hey roomies. <laughs> I know, it's cheesy. It's what we've decided we're going to call our listeners because, you know, Playhouse, roomies, anywho, it's Brooke. And before we start this episode, I just wanted to pop on to acknowledge some not very fetched news that we got recently. Mean Girls, unfortunately, will not be returning to Broadway when it reopens. This interview was recorded before this news broke, so you'll hear us discuss the show as if its return is definite because we were all really hoping that it would return to the stage when Broadway does reopen. Mean Girls on Broadway ran for 833 shows and it touched the lives of many, myself included. I remember when they first announced it that it was real, it wasn't a rumour anymore, it was real, they were really going to make it a musical. I was over the moon, absolutely elated, followed them on Twitter as soon as I could. And then, you know, later on then they announced the cast and the cast was incredible and mind-blowing and of course Barrett Wilbert Weed as Janice, that's the most logical casting choice in the history of the planet. And yeah, then further down the line, they they started the YouTube series Two Girl for School with Erica Henningsen, who played Caddy at the time, and took us behind the scenes of all the crazy things backstage and, and took us along to all of these amazing events that the Mean Girls cast were going to. I don't know, I guess I just feel really nostalgic for a show I never got to see. And I think that's a common thread amongst a lot of fans. Even if you didn't get to see it, you still know it was incredible and you feel you still feel the magic from far away. I guess... If anything, this is an important reminder for us all to support theatre when we have the chance to, because you just never know when the final curtain call will be. That was a bit of a bummer. On a more sunshiny note, our guest today, Aaron, is an absolute delight. I think you're going to laugh just as much as we did throughout this one. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, let's get into it. voices again. <laughs> Congratulations, you. <laughs> so we're on our second episode now and so far we've been doing pretty well. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. The vibes are pretty good. Good vibes. Really good vibes. Yeah. But yeah, how have you been this past week? Oh, you know, just chilling, just doing uni, just working hard. Yeah. How's your uni been? Is it a bit stressful? It's full on. Full on. I thought Don't so. go to uni. No, go to uni. I love <laughs> it. I, lo- don't, I love uni. Don't get me wrong. Love it. Love learning. Live, laugh, love, learn. That's what I always say. I've never said that before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> But now I will. Um, but yeah, uni is. I mean, uni is uni. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. We're nearly there. Nearly there. You're nearly done. Woo! Same here. I'm on my third year as well. But um, yeah, it should be fun. We've got a pretty exciting episode today. Speaking of people who went to uni, our yes. guest today studied at uni. Yes, he did our musical theatres, and that is Aaron Alcaraz, absolute superstar of a human being. Well, he is a superstar because he is in. Broadway. 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 But even better, he's been on Mean Girls. Mean Girls on Broadway. Mean Girls on Broadway. The Broadway musical Mean Girls about the girls who are mean. Yep. <laughs> he's actually given us a bit of a special treat in this episode. Oh, it's like a very special treat that I did not expect coming at all. All of my wishes and dreams have come true. Cool treat you're in for. Alrighty. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Aaron Alcaraz. 
Broadway swing, Disney prince, and occasional mathlete, Aaron Alcaraz is most recently known for Mean Girls on Broadway and Angel in the 20th anniversary tour of Rent. Let's have a chat. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. How are y'all doing today? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing really well. Excellent now. <laughs> now, we've, uh. we've known, um, seen a bit of your bio at the moment, and you've done quite a bit of um, amazing things, but most recently, Mean Girls. It's a pretty good achievement, actually. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, at, at the moment, um, not at North Shore. <laughs> um, North Shore is closed down at the moment. Yeah. Um, but it... it Right until then, it was going really, really well. You know, um, such an honor to be able to make my Broadway debut with such great people. When did you start doing Mean Girls? So I was cast in July. Well, I started July 5th of 2019 and I was cast like a week before that. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your Broadway debut? what that felt like, what, what the energy and yeah. the excitement of it all. I to say, it's your Broadway debut. I was just like, yeah, he's a mean girl. Yeah. No, no, it's a Broadway debut. Like, this is your <laughs> time to shine, really. But, yeah, tell us more about Hello, it. Broadway. This is Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. It was, at the same time, one of the most exhilarating and terrifying nights of my life. <laughs> Uh, so I, I was in the middle of a regional contract in Michigan, and I, I had already been cast in the national tour of Mean Girls, actually. Mm. And so I was preparing mentally and, you know, like getting all my things in order to go on tour in like two months. And then halfway through my contract, I get a call saying that there is an immediate need for a swing replacement on, in the Broadway company. And they were asking if I would want to switch over. Mm. Um, and I did have to think about it because I was scared of being a swing. Being a swing isn't yeah. easy. Mm -hmm. But I said yes. And so um, they got a replacement for me in my show. I helped train him. And then I, I did my last show on July 4th, flew mm -hmm. out into New York um, on the morning of the 5th. And by that afternoon, I was in rehearsals already. And I had, I learned that first track. So as a swing, I, I have eight different tracks in my brain. Wow. Um, and so I learned that first track in four days. <gasps> and I had another week to kind of keep practicing it as well as learn a few others at the same time before mm. I debuted. And it was, it was so nice. My mom flew out from LA to come see it. A bunch of friends came like without me even asking bought tickets to come and see me and support me that night. Aww. Really the, the amount of, of love that I just felt from people from so many different aspects of my life was, it was so nice and overwhelming and it was amazing yeah i it wasn't a perfect show i remember um in one of our first number i don't know how well you guys know the show but there's a number Almost called too well it's it's probably considered yeah brooke has been like oh, oh, <laughs> she's a fanatic about mingos but it. yeah it's a great we show. love okay well so uh, it's like i think the third number of the show where do you belong mm -hmm. we're in the cafeteria and damien is showing katie around and my debut track played a uh, JV jock. Mm -hmm. And so already, like, it's already difficult because we're kind of pushing tables on wheels around mm -hmm. the stage. And I also had to deal with a soccer ball. And there's one point where we're transitioning the tables quickly. And I also have to take off my backpack, take off my sweater, 
put the sweater and the soccer ball into the backpack and then also break the table in the right spot. Mm -hmm. And the soccer ball went flying out of my hand and was just bouncing around the back of the stage. And I was like, that's it. Great. Um, It was a great one night on Broadway. And uh, um, I'll make sure to pack up my station and keep it clean for my next replacement. Um, But no, it it was it was so it was so exhilarating, terrifying. But um, I remember that curtain call just felt so special yeah it was great wow so i was gonna say it's like nearly every theater person's dream of being on broadway and you were able to achieve that goal as well i guess you would say you're a swing and like an understudy for kevin is that right yeah yeah so with um non-theater people could you maybe explain what a swing or an understudy would be yeah yeah i'd love to so an understudy um usually you can find them in the ensemble but uh, swings can be understudies as well. An understudy is when you are someone who can fill in for one of the principals, so one of the leads in the show. And so that's my understudy is Kevin G because he's one of our principal parts in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And a swing is someone who actually isn't on stage every night. I'm an offstage position, but I have to cover all the male ensemble members. So mm-hmm. all the males in the ensemble who do have a part in the show on stage every single night. I know all of their stuff, everything that they do, because if they have to go on for an understudy role or if they're sick, then I'm one of the people who fills in. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> the only way thinking, to explain it is like, wow. Thinking of the lot. stress of being like, okay, so tonight I'm doing this. And then you get to get to the theater. Oh, hang on. Susan's rolled her ankle. You're going on. You go, do, everything's going to be different. It really does happen that quickly, though. I think this only happened to me once, but the the least bit of notice that I had was, I think, 10 minutes before curtain. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm having nightmares just thinking about this. <laughs> I know. I, it's a big show. I literally... <laughs> it's a big show. It's a lot of choreography. Like, that's a big show. It's a lot of cardio. I know. Lots of jumping, <laughs> oh lots of running, gosh. lots of singing. Oh it's a lot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, because it is such a big show as well, it must bring a lot of big celebs in coming to watch. Have you met anyone that has blown your mind? Yes. I mean, speaking to Australians, we had Rebel Wilson and we had Nicole Kidman come by while I was part of the cast. Legends. That was really cool. They're literally both legends, truly. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Mm -hmm. So Maisie Maisie Williams came. I love her. She plays Arya in the show. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, and I'm a big Conan fan. So when Conan O'Brien came to the show, I I fangirled a little bit. Aww. I don't blame you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And have you met Tina Fey? Oh, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm gathering my thoughts. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Literally, Yeah. Oh, my God. Brooklyn's I, like, I wonder if he's met Tina Fey. Tina Fey, Tina Fey, Tina Fey. Yeah, she's... Tina Fey. <laughs> She's Tina Fey. She's so nice. I actually, because I auditioned for the tour, because mm-hmm. um, she was very, very hands-on for the Broadway cast as well, but because it was the very first tour cast, she was there for those auditions as well. So I met her even before I joined the Broadway company, as opposed to sometimes when you're just replacing in the ensemble for a Broadway show, not everyone on the creative team is there watching the auditions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she she was there for me. Yeah. Wow. And then she she would pop by the theater a lot. She was there a lot, actually. Wow. How does yeah. it feel performing in front of 
like n- not only the person who's wrote, written the script and it's phenomenal, but also someone with all of those accolades behind them and all of the, oh my, I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine. Be it like all. a little bit of like peer pressure in a way you'd say. Would you think a little bit? It, it's definitely nerve wracking. I especially because a lot of the people in the cast when I was there, especially when I started, were still original cast members, mm-hmm. oh, okay. and so they're best buds with Tina they've spent so much time with her like they joke around with her she knows all of them by name like they're they're close oh wow and then I'm like the newbie who doesn't quite know her yet but knows of her Mm -hmm. and actually it's so embarrassing the first time that she watched me do something I didn't know she was in the building and I was on for a track who was during the Axe One finale. It's a song called Fearless. Mm-hmm. And, and we do a lot of high kicks in that. And my track that I was on for was in the front line for it. And I don't. I think it must have been a night where I wasn't, I didn't know that I was going on until uh, like not too long before the show. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't as stretched <gasps> as I normally was. And so I remember like not wanting to hurt myself, of course. So I still like was kicking high, but like not, as not high as I level. usually would. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not rock hat level, even at my best. Um, but then I remember the number ended, blackout, and I ran off stage right. And Tina was just there, like, giving everyone high fives. She was like, good game, good game, good game. And I was like, oh, Tina Fey saw me kicking at, like, waist level. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh Truly, in the front row. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, um, she's super nice, though. Now, with um, Mean Girls, with 2020, it did mark the 16th anniversary of the release of Mean Girls. So fetch. Yeah. I can't help myself. I can't help it. <laughs> it's so fetch. What do you think makes the story so timeless and so meaningful? Like, there's, like, little kids now that I know that are still quoting it to this day. What Wearing do you pink think? on Wednesdays. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, in your personal opinion, makes it so timeless, in a way? I... That's a really good question. And and I think it's just because I think everyone can relate to the feeling of wanting to fit in and kind of feeling like the outcast and seeing the popular kids or the people that you wish you could be more like or the people you wish mm-hmm. would like you mm-hmm. and feeling that pressure to kind of want to change yourself to fit in. Mm-hmm. And really the whole message of the, of the show is that you don't have to do that. You don't need to do that. Um, if you are just yourself, you will find your people and it'll be a much happier relationship and a more genuine relationship that way if you are just fully and truly yourself. And yeah. I think I think that's something that everyone can be reminded of no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a certain expectation, especially um, in that high school years of meeting a certain expectation of trying to fit in is is a pretty good message as well. Yeah. And I don't even think it's an exclusive because obviously it's a very American high school story. It's so different Mm. to the high school experience in Australia, but I think some things are just universal. It's like you were saying, everyone just wants to fit in and, and yeah, feel, feel good. You can relate to certain elements to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's such a universal message. Yeah. Even not even necessarily high school age people. I think every single Human Alive has felt like that in one point. Everyone's mm. felt like a caddy. Everyone's probably felt like a Regina too. Controversial, yes, but brave yes, opinion. both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's hopefully felt like a Kevin G if they've done some really quick maths. Yes. And like, look at me go. Truly. That was me the other day. I had to do some quick maths and I was like, there we go. There we go. There she go. did it. I, there, there, was, there was one day, it was after a show where I had played Kevin G and I was out at the stage door and I think one of the audience members asked if I was 
actually good at math and I was so embarrassed and I was like I used to be and then I went to college for musical theater and now I can't do math speak your truth <laughs> speaking of the stage door I know some some Broadway performers have, have loves or hates for it how do you feel about the stage door experience I'm here for it you know I I was such a fan boy fangirl myself growing up that I was someone who would go to the stage door so for me, whenever I do get the chance to be on stage, and even when I was touring, it really wasn't a problem for me to do. It, it took maybe like five, ten minutes, and it was so nice to be able to kind of meet the people who I'd been singing to slash talking to on stage for the past three hours. And it really kind of makes their night, and it's a whole, it's a nice way to kind of end that journey for them that they just took with us. Yeah. Um, I, I totally support people who kind of feel over because it's just, I think it's surprising to non-performers but a, a lot of performers actually do have a lot of anxiety maybe aren't the most extroverted people mm -hmm. uh, so stage doors can cause anxiety for some people and also depending on who you play like you might be really tired after a show might need to save your voice mm -hmm. so I, I, I fully support those who who would rather you know take a pass on that mm -hmm. but at least for me um it's something I enjoy doing awesome go for it Charles. okay now we've been like um touching base on this kind of question here talking about like diversity in Australia and America how it's a bit different and how we are really trying to represent diversity in theatre and performing arts and that and I'm just trying to so in your experience I think I think Australia and America that we're going towards the similar goal mm -hmm. not always doing it in the same way on the same path um, but in your opinion, how has the diversity in the theatre industry changed from what you've seen and experienced? Going from when you were younger watching shows, because we were reading up on you, we did our research. So <laughs> in the heights when you were younger, and that was quite influential. And that in itself is quite a diverse show. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where you found that. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. <laughs> oh, is, I didn't realise that I put that up there. Prior yes, planning, um, prevents a poor podcast. <laughs> well done. Well researched. <laughs> Yes. No, I mean, that that's so true. Growing up as, as a person of color, I mm. I was just so used to not really seeing people who looked like me, both mm. on stage and on screen. And if I did see people who looked like me, they were just the sidekick or mm -hmm. some bit part just kind of capitalizing on whatever ethnicity that person might be. Mm. And... Um, that's why seeing in the Heights in high school was so influential for me because one, that was right at the start of me doing theater and starting to discover my love for it. But to sit in our main touring house here in LA and to watch a stage full of people who looked like me and sang the way I did and the kind of things I liked to sing and listen to, it was earth shattering and that that it truly like I went home that night and I went to my parents and I was like I want to do this for a living like that yeah. was that was the thing and so things have gotten better in that now there are more people of color more diversity happening in like casting mm -hmm. and like things that are happening on stage um but I think we I mean we definitely can go further like I think mm -hmm. we, need, we definitely need to have more diversity even higher up, like in producers yeah. or and the actual casting directors and in the creative team, because that's where, like, you know, it, it all trickles down from the top. Um, so instead of just trying to kind of like fit people of color mm -hmm. 
-hmm. into shows to like show, hey, we're diverse. I, I want to actually see diversity start being told, like, you know, in the types of stories that are told. Mm -hmm. And that, that's why I feel so proud to be a part of Mean Girls is even that first original cast had such a diverse group of people. And it wasn't nice necessarily even like the story didn't hinge on that diversity, like at like Ashley Park playing Gretchen, like mm -hmm. they didn't reference the fact that she was Asian in the show. She was just a high schooler who happened to be Asian, which mm -hmm. I thought was so amazing. Um, same thing with all the rest of the ensemble. I, I just felt so proud to be a part of that representation because that that's what the world looks like now. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, moving yeah. on, we saw a photo of you. I think it was on your Instagram and there's a photo of you and some castmates on the stairs. Just a heads up, Which we're not we're not out. like major stalkers. We just we just want to get the research going. Just to... don't want to be a flop <laughs> on podcast. As, as someone who is a very um, what's the word accomplished social media <laughs> researcher, let's say myself, I applaud your efforts and your research. Yeah, well, we're just looking at um photo of you guys on the stairs. We've got Cheech. We've got Kaylin Fu. So yes. many. This photo of you all on the stairs, and I think it's awesome to see so many diverse cast members together in that one photo, like, like, sounding like a bit of a creeper, but it's like I can see <laughs> Olivia there is in the caddy costume from the end of Act 1. Oh, my God, I need to stop. Olivia is yes. in, as, in the role of caddy. We've got Cheech there, Kevin G. Like, so awesome to see so many people of colour in leading roles. How does it feel to be in that ensemble in that moment? Oh, it it meant the world. It, felt, it feels so amazing to know that, there might be a little boy in the audience who looks like me to be like, hey, there are so many people who represent, you know, what I look like and where I come from and stuff like that. Because yeah. um, I didn't really have that growing up. So to be able to be that for someone else is just such an honor. And, you know, we get such a kick out of it when it happens because we didn't, uh, I'm, I'm sure that one of us was thrown on stage like last minute as well. So we didn't even realize it was happening until the show had already started. And um, I remember, I think it was Riza who was like, guys, we have to take a picture. This is so cool. Mm -hmm. Which is why we're all in our end of act one costumes. Like we, we all had to change and like do stuff at intermission, but we made sure to like run to this little stairwell and take this picture because it was a big moment. It's so awesome. Yeah. It doesn't happen every night. Get Definitely. that photo. Yes. <laughs> For the gram. <laughs> For the gram. Um, For the gram. Yeah. Now, it's such an amazing photo, but unfortunately, there's a coronavirus poop in the head. Miss Coco? Yes, Miss Coco. We'll she call her Miss Coco. Miss Coco. Yes. And it takes yes. the power away of the scariness. I do this yes. a lot. Something scares me, I change the name of it. We'll call her, we'll call her Miss Coco. Miss Coco. Miss Coco. Hi, now, Miss Coco. Miss Coco came into the world and was being um, a poo head. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, unfortunately for the arts, it was just a massive effect onto it. Um how has it been for you maintaining acting, singing and dancing? All that, the skills. All the skills that you've got. How has it been maintaining those skills that you have when there's no theatre going on? Like, how's that been for you? That's a really good question. And, you know, um, the motivation kind of ebbs and flows with the day and mm -hmm. the week and the month at this point now. Yeah, at the start of the quarantine, one, we we thought we were only saying goodbye to our theater for a month. Yeah. So um, at that point, I just wanted to kind of stay at my fitness level, I guess, at yeah. the moment, because I was like, okay, so in a month, we're going to be back on stage doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And it kept getting longer and longer and longer. 
And then it just kind of came down to doing what was best for me and my mental health while mm-hmm. also thinking for the future. I think that's so important for artists to realize right now is especially when it comes to such a creative field like it's not something that you can force it's not something that you can just kind of like manhandle to happen you need to be kind to yourself and take care of yourself because hopefully like your career you're in it for the long haul so like there's going to be so much more that comes down the line after this time has passed Mm -hmm. And, and so for me in general I've just been kind of listening to my body and to what I need Um, I do a lot of journaling. That's how I tend to like vent and get my thoughts and fears and anxious things out of my body and onto paper. So journaling is a great creative escape for me. I have, I have been taking a voice lesson. uh, I think up until this point, almost once a month, just Mm -hmm. to kind of keep that up. Yeah. I've taken a few dance classes. Usually if my friends are teaching, then I'll support them by taking one of their classes. That's yeah. lovely. Um yeah, and and just just do just doing my best to kind of stay as creative as possible without putting too much pressure on myself to, you know, create in all caps. Yeah. We we were saying that earlier that there's, there's so much pressure at this point in this time, you know, to 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 go and mm-hmm. like Taylor Swift's released two albums. Relax, Queen. Know. We know you're fantastic. <laughs> I think right. that's a lot of pressure like, on people to do all these things. It's like sometimes you just need to look after yourself and that's mm, all you can do. Yeah. Right yeah. And, and, you know, magic happens when you least expect it. You know, if you give yourself the grace and the kindness to just kind of experience things as they come, you, you don't know what will happen. You know, it's, it's about being open to those possibilities while while you know not killing yourself to make them happen Mm -hmm. now we've got for the podcast listeners we'll have obviously a lot of listeners who are probably either like emerging artists or have an interest and want to be in the creative industry and want to perform in that Uh, so uh from your perspective what would be your number one tip for like sparking creativity or having an interest in the arts and you know maybe wanting to pursue in it really what would be like your number one tip for me, especially as someone who started theater super late and always felt kind of behind <laughs> uh, because I, I didn't start doing theater until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my friends, especially the ones that I met in college and even after college, they had been doing it since they were really, really young. Yeah. Uh, something that I really try to remember is that I can learn from anyone and everyone and from any situation so it, it's kind of about like taking your ego out of it and being like oh I should know this already or I'm better than you no 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 mm-hmm. you can you can really learn from anyone and I think being open to that will one make you easier to work with mm-hmm. and two allow you to kind of keep growing no matter what and in any situation like I learned so much from my teachers in college mm. because I didn't think that I knew more than them I knew that they had a lot to teach me and so I actually listened and you know applied what they were saying and I've worked with so many amazing people since college and I feel like I learned something new from each of them every single night mm-hmm. they're all so good um, and it makes it, it one it helps me grow and it also like makes me become even an even bigger fan of all my friends, which kind of goes into another thing that I think is so important is being kind person. I, I feel like that's such a generic response that everyone gives, mm. but it is so important. Like you, you want to make sure that you're someone that people want to work with and you want to, you know, 
bring a, a spark of joy whenever mm. you come into a room or join a project. Um, and I think part of that is being a fan of the people that you're around because that'll make you want to support them because you want to see them succeed just as much as you want to succeed. Exactly. What a wholesome response. This is so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you've, you've got an amazing um, portfolio on you. You've done In the Heights, you've done the Disney Cruise Line as well, which is pretty awesome actually, I would have to say. <laughs> um, where can listeners follow you with all this information or like want to like touch base and see what you're doing at the moment? Keep like, up with the goss. Yeah, keep up with the goss. Where can we like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, so my website is erinalcaraz.com. It's just my full name.com. And that's where I kind of have everything career related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have recent news, recent projects, uh, my bio, um, <laughs> pictures of me, if you want to look at pictures of me. <laughs> um, uh, I'm also on social media at mm. Aaron Reads. So it's A-R-O-N-R-E-A-D-S, like reads a book. Mm-hmm. Um, not my last name. It's like, I, I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd. So I like love to read. So literally Aaron Reads. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I I don't post much on Twitter. I don't feel like I'm funny enough to actually have things to say oh. on Twitter. But um, <laughs> a lot of pressure. It, it, if you want to like reach out to me or you know stay the most up to date on what I'm doing, Instagram is probably the best bet. Now we we can totally chop this out. Um, but if you wanted to, and you wanted to like ch- check if the rap skills are still fresh and flowing and ready to go. Oh my god! I can't help. <laughs> She's been doing this. Oh if, okay, you, yeah. if you wanted to give the, 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 the Kevin G rap a bit of a test run, we would be a happy audience and we will cheer for you so much and we will be so grateful forever if you want it. But if you don't, oh want it's so fun. Let me see if I – it's been like nine months. How, do I remember it? It's okay um, if you don't. No pressure. Let's see. I can't this is going to be so bad, but um, <clears throat> here about a party, here's the procedure. Text all your friends, tell them where to meet you so you know nobody. That's not what counts. It's somebody's house and they got no bouncer. That's a marijuana and Molly and the kind of and drinking from the neck of a bottle. What the heck? We lit up like a torch, smoking on your porch, trying to maintain while the neighbors complain. Whose house is this? It's my house now. Oh my God. <laughs> Whose I'm house is this? <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm, a, like, I'm just tearing up a bit. I'm not actually crying. But thank you so much. Thank you so much. I wish. I wish people could see how hard I was thinking to try and come up with this lyrics. This we couldn't so see much. it from here. We didn't see it at all. Oh, Seamless good. performance. It was just beautiful. Oh, amazing. Yeah, because we're, we're not going to be able to get to Broadway anytime soon. So that was as close as we're getting. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> and see awesome. we're out. Because <laughs> it was house, right? Theatre house, playhouse. Um, so final oh, question. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm going to pretend that that was something that I was well aware of that was going to happen. I was just like, <laughs> rap, it's a rap. <laughs> um, final question before you go, Aaron. As yeah. Theatre House, which is the, the name of the company, the home of theatre, we wanted to know, final question, where do you feel most at home? Because you've lived East Coast, West Coast on a cruise ship, performed in Broadway. Ooh, Where's home to you? That is such a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It is a good question. I did not come up with that. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm I born and raised here in L.A., so mm-hmm. L.A. has to be a part of the answer, but mm. New York was the goal for so long, and, you know, I lived there for the past two years up until I came back here in the summer. Mm-hmm. I feel like my heart really is split between the two places. Um, a lot of friends I grew up with here in L.A., don't love New York. It's a very different vibe, um, mm-hmm. the two different cities. 
I don't know. There's something about that city. And I, you know, I, I miss my job. I, I loved, I loved it. Um, getting to take the train down and walk to our theater on 52nd Street eight times a week. I loved it. So I'll say a mix of the two here in LA and, and in New York, specifically that. in the treehouse. I, I loved our little group up there in our, in our swing and standby dressing room. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. You've been a treat and hopefully you're back in North Shore super, super soon. And hopefully, yeah, yeah hopefully back on the theatre stage. Doing that Kevin G rap, giving the audiences <laughs> what they deserve. Hopefully, yeah. And and hopefully, high kicks. hopefully you can come visit too. <gasps> hopefully. And then we'll be like, oh my God, we know him. Oh, we'll, see you, we'll see you at the stage door. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'll, I'll bring you backstage. Hello, we're friends now. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, I'm going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> now we're fangirling here. <laughs> But no, honestly, Aaron, wow. you're, you've been a real treat, this lovely um, interview we've had with you. So, yeah, so stay safe and thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks a million. Thank you for having me. Y'all are great. Thank you, thank you. Time for one of my absolute favourite segments, our Playhouse Picks. Speaking of things we love, a jukebox musical. (gasps) Give me one of them every single day of the week. And we have Mamma Mia. They're back. Love it. I love Mamma Mia. Oh, what a show. After being shut down due to Coco restrictions, Redcliffe Musical Theatre is back for a return season of Mamma Mia, playing at the Redcliffe Cultural Centre from the 21st to the 24th of January. Get ready to become a dancing queen. The song ends there. And boogie <laughs> along to all of your favourite ABBA hits for a fantastic day at the theatre. ABBA's such a, like, feel-good thing, really. Yeah. Give, give me a dance floor. Put Dancing Queen on. Oh, oh honestly, mate. everyone will come running. Literally, it's such a good song. Absolute tune. Anyway, something different. Dance. It's dance. a different dance. I, um, I said dance, I said dance. <laughs> see, I say dance, you say dance. Dance. Okay, anyway, we're getting <laughs> sidetracked. Um, yeah, be swept into a world of enchantment and timeless romance by Ballet Theatre Queensland's sparkling new production of Cinderella. Oh. I love Cinderella. This breathtaking ballet adaptation of a timeless fairy tale. Come along and be swept away by the magic uh, playing at the Queensland Performing Arts Centre also known as QPAC, from the 20th to the 24th of January. Speaking of QPAC, guys, it's what? Game Ogre. <laughs> I can't help myself. Sh- Shrek means a lot to me as a as a person. I think it's – has it been throughout your childhood? Yeah. Yeah, it's same the same, right? Yeah, Sh- exactly. Shrek's the dude, and he's finally getting the love and respect he deserves. He's coming back to <laughs> QPAC, 9th of January to the 7th of Feb. So by the time you're listening to this – Grab a ticket. Grab a ticket. Yeah. Like, with all these other, like, shows that we've just said, grab a ticket. What a show. Support the arts. Great for the kiddos, too. If you've got yeah. kiddos, take them along to Shrek. They'll love it. Exactly. School holidays are still on. And um, also don't forget to check out our Instagram, which is at oh, yeah. PlayhousePod or the TheatreHouse.com website for all the links that you need. Mm-hmm. H-A-U-S, house. As soon as you finish this podcast, book a ticket. Just and then follow it. us on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Would love that, actually. Would love that for the gram. So... Thank you for joining us this week for the Playhouse as we travelled across the globe. Virtually. It's funny how technology comes so quickly. So great. We're so blessed. Love our socials. Yeah, make sure you talk to us about your theatre pals. I know you've got them. We all do. Yeah, and if you want any, like, feedback, like, want to get feedback to us or anything like that, feel free to hit us up on Instagram or on the... Yeah, we have an email address too, podcast at theatrehouse.com. 
Yes. Yeah? Yes. Theatre House. <laughs> and remember, House H-A-U-S. Oh, my God. Every time. I've got it. Because you, you never okay. know. It could be their first episode. Yes. They might not have listened to episode one. Feel cool. free. You, you can, you can, that can be your role. My role is going to be house speller. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm pretty good at spelling, actually. So that's like a, not a, not a, you know. Oh, love it. All right, guys. But yeah, everything's linked in our show notes. If you heard anything today that excited you, have a look on the show notes. Yeah, feel Check free. Check those links out. But yeah, thank you, guys. We'll see you later. And see. Hey there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Matt Young, and I want you to listen to the Story Chunder podcast. It's based on the live event where Brisbane storytellers tell true and sometimes embarrassing stories from their lives for the delight and approval of a live audience. So listen in to the Story Chunder podcast. I'll see you at the Chunder.